Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. To the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the Cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. I think it's funny when I do the intros and I don't have a long enough video and you just see me not talking, but I'm talking at the same time I'm not talking. Anyway, welcome to the show. If you are here during the live stream, then you know what I'm talking about right now. Uh, We are live. It is Sunday night. Normally we're on Saturday nights, but we're a, a day late. Sorry, guys migraines i just didn't want to do a show where i was complaining about my head hurting and falling out of and like melting out of my ears for the entire show so uh so congratulations you don't get to hear about that instead you get to hear about cyberpunk and uh i am here i'm your host tom or robots and i'm here with logan logan welcome back how's it going good i'm glad you're feeling better i'm glad we didn't have to watch brains melt out of your ears it's gross i gotta it's like they drip around then i have to go back around the house and find all the little drops and scoop them up before the dogs lick them and then that's gross because you don't want your dogs licking your brain drip i don't know anyway it's true so (laughs) so uh, there's a lot of news to cover this week we're gonna we're gonna jump into the news first but Definitely stay tuned for the second half of the show because we are talking about the company behind the smart weapons in Cyberpunk 2077, Kang Tao. And this isn't a name that you hear a ton mentioned. You, you Most of the time we've been talking about Arasaka and Militech, but Kang Tao is an important company. They're one of the big corporations, the movers and shakers behind things. And I have a feeling if... Uh, if the trailers are telling us anything that a lot of us are going to be using cyber or not cyber weapons, of course, we'll be using cyber everything, but we'll be using smart weapons. Um, and somebody noted, I, I, I remember the trailer that came out recently with Keanu Reeves, the little like ad that came out. Yeah. And there's a scene of like there's a quick scene of uh, V in uh, the car, like sliding across the screen. And he's like hanging out the door, shooting his gun. Um, somebody on Twitter was like that's the case for for smart weapons right there. And I think they're right. Mm. Like, if you're able to shoot out of the car while driving, then you don't have to aim, right? You just kind of, like, and the bullets just figure out where to go. Um, but anyway, we're going to get into that stuff in the second half of the episode. For the beginning, we're going to get into some news. Logan, you're bringing some news this week. What are we talking about, buddy? We got some pretty good information, a little bit of stuff that I wanted to touch on last week. But um, I was wondering there, uh, the the first thing I wanted to touch on was this Razer product that came out now. Yeah, I 
I, I've been looking at all the stuff that has been coming out for cyberpunk and wanting to buy pretty much all of it. I mean, I, I <laughs> yes. already bought the, <laughs> I bought the, the limited edition, uh, Xbox one X and that was awesome. And I thought about getting, cause I just got these, uh, headsets not too long ago. The ones that I'm wearing, the hyper X ones, but I was thinking about the, um, cyberpunk wireless ones that had come out. And I was thinking like, mm-hmm. ah, do I really want to go wireless or do, do I, do I want to stay wired? Cause eventually the battery's not going to hold a charge, mm-hmm. you know, all the dilemmas that you go through when you're trying to shop for new technology and i was really leaning towards that but then they went out and they they hit with my favorite mouse company razor and um they pretty much just decided to i don't know what that was <laughs> somebody was popping into our our discord i'm gonna make sure they don't get into the room here we go all right go ahead um <laughs> Okay. So yeah, sorry. Uh, so they, they reached out to Razer and they made a deal with Razer and they are making a cyberpunk 2077 version of the Viper, which is like the step above the mouse that I use. I usually use the Mamba tournament edition Oh yeah, and oh God, the, these mice are so good, but this one, this one just looks so beautiful. I just want it. And it's, I hate that they're selling this because it's a, a wireless mouse. It comes with a charging dock, uh-huh. uh, but it's, it's got the yellow, it's got the blue, it's got cyberpunk all over it. They got a little, little charging dock and, oh man, I can't, I, I want it. And I, it's 160 bucks and I can't just justify. Yeah. I'm pulling it up much. on, on screen right now for our, for our live oh, stream here. There it is. Oh man. I'm make it nice and big so everyone can see it. That you sounds want, dirty. Start drooling <laughs> because it's nice it's... and big and everyone can see it. Wah, wah. <laughs> We're talking about the mouse, people. Talking about the mouse. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. There it is. Terms and services we have to abide by. So this, if you guys are, if you guys have not seen this mouse, it is just. It's. I mean, it's a rendering on an image. So you know what what it looks like in person is going to be different, but. God, this mouse just looks so good. It's that yellow. And, uh, it's the cyberpunk yellow. Uh, it's an ambidextrous mm-hmm. mouse, so it's got that like very even. It's not sculpted towards one side. Um, mm-hmm. It has uh, thumb buttons on both sides of the mouse, which I suppose you could click with your fingers on the opposite side from where your thumb totally. is. Totally. Um, it's got like a charging dock, uh, but it's it's. I mean, it's it's the yellow and black, and then that aqua kind of teal color yeah and it's one of those it's one of those mice that i don't know if you use razor for your for your mice uh i've been using i have i have before i'm I'm back to a logitech right now but Ah, logitech's good too Mm -hmm. yeah so i was just really impressed by this and it just makes me want to have all the cyberpunk 2077 stuff but that was the reason i wanted to throw this in here is because i was thinking about it and i've seen a ton of like merchandising for cyberpunk and i was wondering just as a general question to to people out there uh what are some of the things that that you've gotten excited about and uh some of the stuff that you've picked up because yeah that's as on top of mice and systems and headphones we've got tons of statues out there and now the comic book so yeah. um w- was this something that you you saw and thought man if i was in the market i'd pick this up or, or are you uh, it looks really cool it, i mean it's a 160 dollar mouse so um yeah it's it, that's a hefty cost for a mouse the thing better uh, cook me breakfast also um but maybe it's worth it i don't know like 
that's the thing. It's wireless. I currently have a wired mouse. I have the uh, Logitech G502, which I really like. Oh, nice. It's um, a good mouse. It is a really nice mouse. Um, I'm very happy with this one, so I'm not looking to replace it. But if I was on the market for it and I had, you know, money burning and a hole in my pocket, then possibly. Um, wire Wireless mice are a lot better than they used to be um, with the, uh, the polling time between the... Um, you know the little usb plug you use to connect it to your computer uh the the one thing as much as i like the the look of the headsets that have come out um i still can't fully get i'm I'm kind of an audio snob when it comes to audio stuff i still can't fully get around bluetooth headsets for the quality there is a Mm. there is a tick down in quality when you move to bluetooth and if you don't notice it then good for you. You, you, I mean, go for it. Um, it's one of those things I notice. I, uh, I'm using bare dynamic, uh, headphones right now. These are audiophile headphones. This is not like a gamer headset. Um, and the, uh, the sound quality out of these things is amazing for the cost. It's like a $200 pair of headphones, which you would spend on something like a gaming set, but the audio quality is so much better than what you're going to get out of a gaming set of the same price. Um, uh, but it doesn't have a mic on it, but I use a, a regular recording mic whenever I'm playing in games anyway, so I don't need the mic on the headset. Um, yeah. But if you if you like the portability of it, if you don't like having the cord, I mean, I have to deal with a cord. If you uh, if you're gaming on a laptop on the go, then yeah, go for go for something. You know, maybe the portability is is worth it, and you know the the sound quality isn't super noticeable to you, and the difference. It just depends. Depends on what you're what you're into. I'd be really curious because uh, we're talking about a $160 mouse here uh, and, and the headsets that they put out, I think we're uh, somewhere in that neighborhood as well, too. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of the stuff that they're marketing for Cyberpunk tends to be much higher end electronics than just your kind of everyday, you know, low key stuff that you just pick up because you need something to go with. Yeah. Um, I, I personally was thinking about it, but the reason the reason i didn't get those was because of the the wireless functionality not because of the audio quality because i have tinnitus so i, I don't really get to benefit from like really <laughs> yeah, high quality I do, stuff i do anyway. too i toured in bands but i can still yeah i can still tell the difference but anyway go ahead yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't have as good of an ear as, as most people so for me if i can hear it i'm happy and if i can see it it's even better <laughs> right so but, i'm that way with taste um, like I don't, I, I swear I don't have the same spectrum of flavor comprehension as most people, or I don't value food as much. So I'm just like, ah, put it in my mouth. I'm fine. Uh, but some people are like, oh my God, how do you eat that? That's not as good as this other thing, you know, but when it comes to sound, I'm like, it must be this quality and uh, you know, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's good. It, overall, I'm just really happy to see that they're still putting out a lot of marketing for this. Uh, we know the game gone gold so um actually i was trying to think like i can't remember did we talk about that last week because i think that was this week as well i don't too. think so we have um, the gone gold stuff is new we haven't, man, haven't brought that up yet yeah we had a we had true. a long episode last week uh where we got really into the weeds on some of the lore stuff um so yeah yep yeah we didn't bring so, that up either uh we found out on the fifth that the game has gone gold and they had a really really weird kind of picture of some guy that looks like he's supposed to be Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand. I don't know. Is this supposed to be, did you see the image that I was thinking of? Um, um, let me see if I can grab the tweet for you here real quick and throw it in the dock. It's so weird because uh, they, they put a picture of, 
of Johnny Silverhand and they tweeted out and this picture like dominated my timeline for the entire day. Oh yeah. 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 Johnny holding a gold disc that has cyberpunk on it and they're like cyberpunk gold. And I was just, the whole time I was looking at, I was like, that doesn't look like Keanu Reeves really. It almost looks like a drawing. Yeah. I think it's a drawing. I think it's like a artist rendering of uh, Johnny Silverhand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's uh but i mean on the plus side good news is is that we know for sure that cyberpunk the disc has gone gold so that they are out there printing it and they'll mm-hmm. have it available for us on the 19th of Fe- uh, november and they're probably working on the the day one patch at this point uh which brings me to the next bit of news that we got which was the fact that in the uh discussion over on uh game informer uh podcast um they were talking with some people from CDPR and they had, they kind of brought up the discussion about the fact that uh, cyberpunk was going six days a week right. uh, for, for the next six weeks. And uh, Liana Rupert goes into detail on the previous claim in this article over on uh, games radar written by a uh, Hiram Cy- or crier uh, wrote that uh, Liana Rupert goes into detail on the previous claim that cyberpunk uh, project or, or CDPR uh, bosses imposed a mandatory six day work week f- on developers saying that from what I understand from talking to people there, there was a discussion there about, do we want to delay the game or do we want to do this? And Rupert goes on to say that from what I understand, it was a mass majority agreeing to the six day work week. And finally, Rupert stresses there's a big difference between the American and Polish work cultures and that, quote unquote, no one I spoke to over there saw it as crunch, end quote. So this this is kind of what I was, you know, uh, this is one of those things I was considering may have been a possibility last week. And um, uh, because I, I, I. I could pat myself on the back and say, well, I called it, you know, but this is a possibility, right? A company says, puts out a memo and says, hey, let's let's just take a vote on this. What do you guys think? And if the majority say, no, we want to, you know, we want to buckle down, do an extra day of work for a few weeks in order to knock this out, then great. Um, But there I I did read some pushback. There were some articles that came out that referenced um, some people who had tried to contact workers at the company. And some of the workers said that they were not approached about this. So I don't know what the truth is, but you also have a company that employs hundreds of people. So maybe some people were maybe maybe the leads on the project were asked and it wasn't something that went out to each of the individual, you know, everybody on the ground floor. Um, then there, I also read that there was some speculation around the idea that they've kind of been in a, uh, a semi-crunch mode ever since about this time last year because the original launch date for the game came and then things got pushed and then the next launch date came and then things got pushed. Um, so there was some speculation around the fact that maybe they've been actually doing this longer than we would have than we've known. Um, but it's all, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's all speculation. Um it's, it's hard to yeah. confirm what is or isn't actually the truth about any of those things. And just because you have one person saying, no, this isn't the way things are, that's anecdotal evidence that it's not enough to say that, you know, one way or another. So, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm in wholehearted agreement. It's great to hear that, at least from one person who's supposedly talked to the team, that this was kind of a, a, a you know, 
greater good situation where a lot of people were like riled up to to just get the game done and get it done uh or get the day one patch done before you know launch and that they were all happy to work on it you know that's the that's that's what we want to hear you know that people are excited to to work on it and that they want to do this um doesn't necessarily mean that that's the sentiment across the entire studio like you were saying so i i'm i was happy to see this because it, it makes me feel like i don't i don't feel so bad for them working harder but at the mm. same time, I have to take it with a grain of salt because who knows how many people they talk to, who knows you yeah. know, what the, the sentiment was and stuff right. like that. So. And, and I would hope that with any of these companies that uh, the employees are being very well compensated. Um, chances are, if you're programming on a video game, uh, you're probably paid pretty well. It's a very competitive thing. Um, so I would hope that one, you're being compensated Two, you're going to get some solid vacation time after the thing launches. Um, time spent with your family and three that you have and we mentioned this last week competitive options if you get burned out in a company like this because you feel like they're not treating the employees well I hope that wherever you live you have options and you can look at other companies and go do something else if you wanted to um, that's that's the way you make this stuff fair is through competition um, so yeah. yeah yeah and and uh, it, uh, uh 68 chase notes they are getting a portion of the sale so that's that's also good to know as well um yeah and we mentioned that last week it, when as a as an employee for a company especially a startup or something like that if your actual the amount that you're actually making is tied to the actual success of the company then you're a little bit more willing to put in the extra hours put in the extra effort because at the end of the day the bottom line is your bottom line also yeah yeah, it's it's no different than what we talked about last week, but it was one of those situations where everyone was really adamant, at least from, I would say, the American perspective. A lot of news outlets were like, I can't believe they're pushing them to crunch. You know, they've been working on this game for eight years. How could they just decide that it was going to be six days a week mandatory for the next six, six weeks? And it was like, yeah, but what what's the actual situation? Are are people or some people kind of miffed about missing out on an extra day on the weekend and you know they're still getting paid extra money for it and mm-hmm. you know maybe they can request to not have that have that work day for the six weeks, you know. There's there's lots of stuff that you know, if you just talk to your managers, you can generally work out something that's a compromise in most companies when it comes to overtime. I do it all the time with my job. Many others have done it in the past. So I'm sure that, you know, it's it's a compromise that they were willing to make at this point to to make sure that they try and get the game out in the best possible form as it can be without it being a huge bummer. Because I think yeah. as far as most people are concerned, this is probably going to be the biggest game this year. And on top of some of the already amazing games that have already come out this year. So there's right. a lot banking right. on that. And, that's and at the a, same time, a lot of pressure at the same time, I think that it's completely appropriate for the news outlets to be shining a light on this and saying, question, is this acceptable? Because that's that's the job of the news, right? The free yeah. press should be investigating this stuff and saying, you know, is the gaming industry taking advantage of their employees um, that needs to come to light if it is so. You know, yeah. the more information, the better. And and I'm sure this will continue to shake out one way or another. Um, the question is, you know, is is a narrative on either side controlling it or is are we actually getting the truth? And I don't know that we know yet. I think that yeah. we just kind of need to keep things you know, up in the air a little bit until we find out a little bit more. Um, I'm sure more information will come out over time. 
on this, but uh, the good news is we're still going to get it at release date, so at least we as the consumers can benefit from that. And that's not the only thing we're getting on the release date as well. In fact, November 19th is going to be one heck of a cyberpunk day because not <laughs> only did we find out that uh, the game has gone gold, but that on November 19th for physical editions, CD uh, or Cyberpunk Red is getting released. Mm-hmm. And they finally finished uh, the the tabletop RPG. It's going out to printers. And we found out uh, this Friday that there's a, a huge dump of information, more than I think we could probably cover in the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. As I was reading through, I was just like, man, this is a this is a lot of content. Yes. So uh, yes, the we, we found out thanks to um, uh, uh, Artel Cell. Uh, oh, I can never say Artel Sorian games. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I can never every time I try, I trip on it. Right. Um, Anybody who's tuning in for the first time because they're a fan of video games, Artelsorian Games is the company that invented cyberpunk, the cyberpunk tabletop RPG. Um, And they've been around for decades. And they are continuing to write content for the tabletop RPG. They are the company that um, CD Projekt Red was able to work with in order to use the IP in a video game. And they work together uh, very closely. And until Cyberpunk Red is released the most recent information we have from the cyberpunk world was cyberpunk 2020 and the expansion books to 2020 so roughly 2021 2022 ish in the timeline cyberpunk red takes place in uh, 2045 which bridges the gap between the original or the older now uh contents that they released and the new video game that's coming out. So this coming out in parallel with 2077 means that we're going to get a lot more of the the nitty gritty and the details of the way the world has continued to evolve by the time it got to 2077. So we're going to start to fill in the gaps both in, you know, 45 and in 77. So very excited. Really cool to find out like what what's happened in the time in between there. It's kind of like getting, you know, the the Mandalorian between the the original series and the the yes. uh, you know Star Wars. I don't know why we always keep bringing it back to Star Wars. It's so weird. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like getting these <laughs> Star little, Wars gets referenced little... <laughs> in in Cyberpunk, so it's it's appropriate. <laughs> That's true. We figured that out. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel better about that. Yeah, but uh, I'm not so, surprised so... that there's a ton of stuff in here because when I was talking to Jay Gray from Artelsorian um, a few months ago when he guessed it on the show mm. um he was talking about how the the content in here just keeps growing and growing and growing they've created a ton of content around uh cyberpunk red so uh, we're we're in for some treats especially from the lore perspective so we're going to be getting a lot more stuff to talk about uh and i think it's especially exciting for the 2077 audience because i'm sure you guys are going to be picking up cyberpunk 2077 blowing through the game spending a few weeks just going you know playing through your playthrough playing a second playthrough poking around every corner trying to find every little bit of everything in the game but at the same time if you haven't picked up the tabletop stuff you you may not know the you know the nitty-gritty details that we'll be bringing to you on the lorecast so uh, it's exciting for us as well it's, it's it's really cool to like to to be able to play the game and be in that zeitgeist and being enjoying the content that's in there but then also having the podcast is like a supplementary when you're at work and you can't be playing it and mm-hmm. be able to dive into to background story like you may run into 
topics that we discuss from the RPG while you're playing 2077 and have a little bit more background that might actually influence your gameplay when you get home too. So yeah, lots of cool information in here. So it's uh, the digital version is going to be out on the 14th of November. Uh, that's going to retail for about three or $30 us and the physical edition. They're trying to get out by November 19th, same day as cyberpunk 2077 and the physical will be $60. Um, there's roughly a hundred, 143 individual art pieces in the book which has me excited because i can't Mm -hmm. wait to see what like current day artwork for 2077 or 20 uh or for cyberpunk red will look like compared to what we're used to seeing in the the current uh tabletop rpgs um there's going to be 456 pages of that and uh they went in and dove into a lot of the content for this book uh in in the friday post and and we'll have uh we'll, we'll hopefully have links to this if you want to d- deep dive into the content that they dove into in the uh the, the friday announcement the press release uh you'll be able to because there's a lot of correlation between what you can expect in cyberpunk 2077 and in cyberpunk red as well uh so expect timelines expect nomads expect uh, a trauma team the things that we've been discussing you'll you'll have familiarity with this so now would be even a better time to jump into uh the the zeitgeist with cyberpunk and be able to have a fun experience you know hopefully you know in an, in an environment where you can actually get some friends together and sit down and have a nice like a D tabletop rpg rpg type session um we also found out that this isn't even the first or this isn't the the only time we're going to be hearing from altos or artel artel sorian yeah <laughs> Thank you. Uh, our Telsorian games, uh, we're, we're going to be getting more information from them um, and they're going to be talking more about life pass in their next press release. So this was just the, the first start of uh, their news cycle as they kind of lead into Cyberpunk 2077's launch date on the 19th. Uh, also, we found out and uh, I was trying to remember if we talked about this last week. Um, there's another Night City Wire that's coming out hopefully uh i would imagine their press uh that that's probably going to be sometime middle of this month uh like we had last last month um so i would expect us to get another cyberpunk this is going to be episode four um episode four i'm sorry they did say yeah episode four and thursday uh, october 15th yep you have it right here 6 p.m central time (laughs) (laughs) which is uh, 7 p.m eastern and uh what is that 4 p.m pacific uh central i think central's one hour behind pacific right now or one hour ahead of uh, pacific right now what about mountain that's who i raid with mountain i think is the same time right now oh weird wait so oh no their time changes are different too Uh, (laughs) time zones are so weird yeah they're pretty dumb why do we have to do that why do we even have to do that anyway let's let's listen to the Uh, time zone (laughs) podcast (laughs) that would be a terrible show it would be really boring (laughs) you never know when it's actually coming out either (laughs) no you Uh, wouldn't (laughs) So, so we're getting the fourth episode on October the 15th. Um, they're going to be diving into what they call the looks, the sounds and the specs of the cyberpunk 2077 vi- uh, vehicles. So um, yeah. this, this is one where I'm really 
I'm anxious to find out what they decide to dive into because I think the things they're going to dive into are probably the more flashy vehicles that they want to show off to kind of mm-hmm. hype people up on what they're going to be driving. Everyone's talking compared- about motorcycles, so they're you know, hopefully that that'll be <laughs> yeah. You know, these yeah. are the motorcycles, yeah. Hopefully, um, and I and I'm curious to know if they'll dive into some of the uh, the armored vehicles that we had talked about in the past because those are those are some of the ones that I think are going to be the interesting uh, interesting choices that people are going to be able to make. But um, the the art book has a ton of really really beautiful uh, art for the vehicles that they're going to have in 2077. Uh, I want to see these like in game in in realized you know like rendered form as opposed to just pages uh, that that i can check out so um stay tuned for that and as always i'm sure we will probably be covering that news as we get closer and closer to the launch date yeah yeah exciting stuff so that's uh, obviously coming up uh, very soon and i guess you can expect that we will be dissecting that on our next episode so exciting stuff fun stuff this week totally 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 all right i think that does it for news anything else I think that's it. No, that was it. I'm I'm wanting to get into uh, Kang Tao. Kang Tao, Kung Pao Chicken. Um, <laughs> that's every time I think Kang Tao, I, like my brain goes to like ordering Chinese food, and I'm like, no, that's not the same. That's different. Those oh, words are not so the good. same. They rhyme sort of, but they're not the same. Um, delicious though, very delicious. All right, mm. let's uh, let's do the middle of the show, and then we'll be back with some lore. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We We hope hope you check check us out. Thanks. So, Logan, we have the best patrons. I think you probably know this, but the people who take the time to donate their hard-earned cash in order to help this show are the best of human beings. I would put them up on the, you know, the top of the list. I think that they are absolutely awesome people. And um, if you'd like to be one of those absolutely awesome people, slide it in there. Uh, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash cyberpunk and you can check out what you can get for helping support the show, including ad-free episodes, episodes that drop early, usually by an entire day. Um, If you don't get to show up for our live episode, then you can download them as soon as they're available for audio the next day. And uh, we're going to be adding some other stuff on there. Like uh, currently you get access to um, the Discord uh, channel on our Discord server for patrons. So you can be part of that chat group as well. Um, And maybe this will continue to grow in the future with some extra little tidbits here and there that will be thrown in like extra episodes and things like that only for patrons. So go check that out if you'd like to support the show. Another way that you can support the show is, and I don't bring this up enough on this show, is word of mouth, is talking to your friends about it. That is absolutely, they've done studies on this. Like we, we could spend hundreds of dollars. I could spend all the money that we've made from Patreon in the last two months, which would be, I don't know how much that is, a hundred bucks. And 
put that into ads on Facebook and we might get like one or two new listeners. Like that's how effective running those ads is. If everybody who listened to the show right now was to recommend the show to a friend that they know likes video games or likes tabletop games or already likes cyberpunk, our listenership would, would jump by 30 to 50%. It, it, like that is the difference it makes. So if you love the show and you would like to help us continue to grow and make awesome content, then um, then Cobalt Captain believes in you. You can do it, he says on the stream with the, the animation. Uh, perfect timing, Captain Cobalt. Um, so that, that's an absolutely wonderful way to do it. So if you have any friends you play games with or anything like that, just mention to them, hey, have you heard of the Cyberpunk Lorecast? Uh, you should go check it out sometime. It'll, it'll fill you in on all the details, getting you ready for Cyberpunk 2077. So that's a wonderful thing you can do. Also, another thing you can do is to leave a rating or review. And we've got two new ones Logan that I have to call out this month. Uh, the first one from America's Hat, C- Canada, Canada, from the land land of the cold and uh, igloos. Um, that's what I think of when I think of Canada. Although most people live at the southern border and it's not as cold as the top of the. Anyway, uh, this is Darren O'Boy from Canada who writes, "Great help for me, five stars. I am preparing for a long-term tabletop saga." of, I almost said Sega, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense, of Cyberpunk 2020. I work full-time and have many responsibilities outside of work, so I don't always have time to read the source material for the game to help soak in the aesthetic and culture. Listening to this podcast has helped me absorb the Cyberpunk feel and gain insights into this retro-futuristic, dark, dystopian world. Re-listening to old episodes over again is even entertaining, and I always learn at least one new thing. Thanks for having this podcast. It's been an excellent resource in developing my game for my players all that i need to fix now is my writing (laughs) smiley face five stars well thank you uh darren oh boy i appreciate that i'm glad that this is helping with your tabletop adventure as well and i totally know that feeling of like uh, being stuck at work logan i'm sure you've you've felt that and just like uh if i could just immerse my brain in something i'd rather be thinking about right now um yeah, so that's awesome. We have another one from Cyberscriber in the United States who writes, thank you for everything you do. I have been meaning to write this review for some time now. This podcast was my introduction to the Robots Radio Network due to my obsession and hunger for more information on Cyberpunk 20." 20- 77. One of my favorite aspects of the podcast is the honesty and transparency. If you, Tom, are unsure about the accuracy of information, you note that from the get-go. You challenge others to correct you, and I respect that. You get me through my workday, driving in between jobs. Thank you, and stay safe in Night City, Scriber. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we try to we try to make that very clear from the beginning that we are not experts in this. We do not write the material. We are just fans, and we're doing our best to dig up the information that we have access to in order to bring it to you and interpret it. So um, I appreciate that. And as always, uh, if any of you guys do have any corrections on previous episodes or lore nuggets or want to expand our knowledge about that, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us. You can show up on the Robots Radio Discord channel and pop into the cyberpunk room and just start talking to us about whatever. We're, we're happy to have you. And those conversations always turn into some really awesome conversations with the community. Um, so thank you so much, everybody who uh, takes time to leave a review that that really does help us. And in the future, if you decide to leave a five star review with some words attached, then we'll read the words as well, especially if it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. The other ones we have a little bit harder time actually getting to but the apple ones we can actually see also to kind of wrap this section up we are supported on the robots radio network by a number of sponsors including audiobooks.com 
audiobooks.com is awesome because they have given us the opportunity to give to you for free three audiobooks. So that is three audiobooks. Some places are giving away two audiobooks. We're giving away three audiobooks. Two of those are VIP books. So basically that means if it exists as an audiobook, you can look it up on audiobooks.com and get access to it for free just by clicking the link in the show notes and going and signing up and downloading the audiobook. That's it's really that easy. So um, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. If there is a book that you've been thinking about, The Witcher books, um, Blade Runner, we brought that up recently. Any any books out there that you would like to be listening to while at work or driving in the car or working out or whatever, then that is an awesome, awesome opportunity for you guys. So go check that out. The link is in the show notes. All right, Logan, let's move on to the lore section of the show. God of War. The God of War audiobook. This is what you're yeah. holding up on the screen right now. Is, have you read one. it? Yeah, it's good. That's if you, if you guys want to try a, a a fun story for like video games and you want to listen to a video game in a book form, God of War. That's a the the PS4 game's great, but listen to the audio yeah, book again. It's just like, oh, man, that's great. I love that. It, it really took me back. But yeah, God of War is on there. Yeah, yeah. God of War's on there here. Tell you what, guys, I'm going to go uh, find a link right now and drop it into chat for you because I had some requests for that in chat. Um, I can do that. Yeah, it's in the show notes if you can drop that in, Logan. So let's move into some lore for today's episode. And we've talked, I, I hinted at this at the beginning of the show, we've talked about some of these corporations and many of the corporations that we're involved with because this is this is a game with a bunch of combat and those kinds of things has to do with weaponry and vehicles and those kinds of things. And Kang Tao is no different. Kang Tao was originally located in Taiwan. Um, and the history of this goes that Taiwan became a manufacturing haven in the late 2000s after the country declared independence with the help of Japan and Arasaka. So there's some connection there. Kang Tao became an industry giant among the Taiwanese companies. However, unlike the rest, it keeps its independence by not selling out to the Japanese business. Kang Tao manufactured weapons that were distinguished through Asia and made its way to the U.S. Now, Kang Tao is a, a company, a corporation that shows up in the original tabletop um, books. There are weapons that show up from those books, including things like the Type uh, 97 and the Polymer One-Shot Cannon. And originally, this company was known for its cheap but well-built handguns. But the, t the, the company has evolved, though. And this is what I think is really interesting, especially for Cyberpunk 2077 coming out. The, the details go that in 2050, so this is the later period of the time of the Red, Kang Tao was restructured and is one of the newer corporations operating today. It's, it's kind of taking on a new a facelift, you could say. Despite this, this Chinese-based company, it's now Chinese-based, is making its way to the top tier at a tremendous pace thanks to bold ch choices, courageous strategy, and government backing. In 2077, the corporation is mainly known for their firearms, especially their newest generation of so-called smart guns, weapons that employ gyrojet or gyrojet, maybe it's gyrojet, G-Y-R-O-Jet technology to fire caseless guided ammunition, but they're also becoming players in the mercenary and security markets. So they are taking 
a page right out of Arasaka and Militech's playbooks. We've talked about Arasaka. We've talked about Militech. We've talked about developing weapons and then the idea that, okay, well, if we have the weapons and firearms, then what if you happen to create a security force or a mercenary force that can be hired by other corporations? This is the way the world plays with this stuff at this point. But they're different because they they're dealing in smart guns specifically. So that's a bold choice. It's this new technology that shows up for 2077. What do you think about this so far, Logan? I think it's awesome. I, I think it's really genius that they were able to to turn around a, a company that was that was kind of falling to the to the wayside and start competing with Arasaka and Militech. It's 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 kind of the startup that I mean, it's it's funny because we're talking about weapons here, but it, it's funny that they were able to really kind of take um, something that that was like on the verge of collapse and, and turn it into this massive powerhouse. And uh, it, I mean, we've we've talked about it in the past uh, on some of our preferences for like weapons. I'm very much in the mindset that I want to be picking up the smart weapons those as kind of my go to. And I think that that's kind of why I'm leaning towards the corpo route for that. And because of that, it's it's one of those situations where I'm looking to be like, okay, well, King Tao is going to be the, the 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 company that I want to push towards getting some of those weapons. Um, especially, I think even one of the videos uh, where they dove into some of the weapons and stuff, they they had the video mm-hmm. showing of the the what was it the legendary. Kang Tao shotgun, the one yeah, that can shoot the like L sixty nine Zuo. I don't know how to pronounce it. Z H U O is this like six six Zao? Is it six or twelve Zou. barrels? This thing is eight barrels. Eight barrels. Yeah, this thing is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and it's smart gun. Like those all those shots, figure out where to go and just like shoot out in whatever direction they need to be flying in and you know zoom in on their targets um so cool so cool i'm I'm looking forward to that uh it's it's surprising to me um that this was a company that was originally based in in taiwan and subsequently is is not anymore and that they became so popular in the u.s um i'm i'm kind of curious if do you think we're going to be running into a situation? Cause we, we tend to see a lot of gang activity between different gangs. Um, I, I'm wondering if we're going to run into any scenarios in, in 2077 where we will see uh, like Militech and Arasaka and Kang Tao kind of butting heads. And if we'll be able to kind of play one side or the other over equipment, obviously the, the reference to this is that Corpo uh, uh, mission that we've seen in the past where you have to infiltrate um, uh, the, the, the Maelstrom gang to get back one of their little robots. Right. And I, I'm kind of wondering, like, are we going to run into more of that? But actually, you know, they're going to be like, hey, if you want to help us, we'll give you access to our weapons. But you have to go stop this Militech shipment kind of thing. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. Uh, these these corporations are in direct competition with each other. And I mean, they've we know they, the fourth corporate war was a direct skirmish between these companies. I mean, it started indirect, but it became direct. Um, so uh, to say that they aren't having some uh, nefarious uh, proxy <laughs> combat through other yeah. connections and things like that, and that we're not going to be involved in that would be almost naive. I, I think that we very much are. Um, 
I think that we'll probably also like I bet here's here's the thing. I bet if you know if you're familiar with the types of guns and the types of equipment and who makes what will be able to run into, say, a gang or a, a corporation who's doing something, you'll take out a group, you'll look at the things they drop and you'll know who they're working with. Right. Because they will they will all have Arasaka equipment or they will all have Kang Tao equipment or whatever. And that that will be who they are connected to or who they are buying things from or or maybe who's actually giving them uh, weapons in order to do the thing that that company actually wants. Yeah, the idea here of who's in charge and who's actually pulling the strings, I'm sure, is going to be one of those things that comes up. Well, you, you bring that up in my mind shoots to blackmail having information about, you know, who's giving what dirty guns to what gang and saying like, hey, you know, if if you if you don't want this information getting to the press, then uh, you might want to consider working with me on giving me access to some of this stuff and instead of these guys here and, you know, seeing if you can try and use information to your advantage uh, as, right. a, as a bargaining chip for later encounters in, in and stuff. Right. Uh, uh, Sibyl says seems... in chat and says, uh, you know, Maelstrom, like we mentioned, has Arasaka stuff. Um, but here's, I mean, here's the thing. Is Maelstrom stealing or buying Arasaka stuff? Or are they being supplied by Arasaka because Arasaka wants Maelstrom causing chaos in order to benefit from it? Yeah. Who's, are they call, using who's calling the, the shots? Yeah, trying, trying. Maybe, maybe that's part of the uh, the discussion. Is is they are, you know, hiring the maelstrom and giving, supplying them weapons to try and do something towards, uh, you know, the um, uh, Militech. Or, right. It's or, a proxy. It's a proxy war. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 supplying really the games in order to uh, make it look like they're not involved, but they really are. Um, this could very well be a, be a thing, or to steal from Militech. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this could go all sorts of different ways. Uh, I think this is this is fun to think about. Um, Let's get a little bit more into the history of this. Uh, it says here that the past 50 years of war and unrest left many Asian countries crippled and deeply scarred. This is post uh, fourth corporate war. China was no exception as it recovered from internal turmoil, but its years of rebuilding and recovery were also a time of great opportunity. One such opportunity laid the foundation for the Kang Tao Corporation when in the late 2040s, a retired Chinese army colonel named Shiming Zhu was appointed to manage an obsolete and collapsing defense company that was being kept afloat by government subsidies. After four years under Colonel Zhu's direction, the modernized and debt-free firm it took him four years, on only four years, turn this, turn this around, renamed Kang Tao, officially de uh, debuted on the market in 2050 with their A22B Chow Smart Pistol. Thanks to the company's alleged government connections, the corporation invested heavily in modern research facilities, rapidly expanding, expanding their smart weapons market. Over the following two decades, Kang Tao left old rivals like Nakoda and Tektronica far behind, now competing successfully with major players like Arasaka and Tsunami Defense Systems. In the last five years, the company has tripled its stock value and is now one of the biggest arms manufacturers and emerging leaders of weapon experts in the Far East. So they've risen to prominence very quickly. This uh, uh, the leader here. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, I, I just lost it on the on the document. Uh, Shiming oh, Shiming Shiming Zhu. Shiming Zhu. 
Um, yeah. We know that the the leaders of some of these corporations are individuals that are modeled in the games. They show up in news clips or maybe you, in board meetings or or whatever. You may actually get to talk with them or, you know, hunt them down. Who knows? Right. We don't know yet. But this could very well be another individual who is in the game. And we also know that because of the cybernetic augments that these people get, that many of them are living well past natural years. So somebody yeah. who becomes the leader of a company like this, and this is one of those those concepts um, that shows up in fantasy a lot, this idea of seeking immortality. What would somebody like Shiming Zhu do who turned a company like this around in order to try to stay on top, try to continue surviving, try to stay wealthy, try to maintain and continue growing power? It seems like a, like a, a continued sunk cost. That you've got going on here right like I've, I've spent 50 years running this company making it better and better and better and, and and getting us to the top why would i quit now you know like i can just keep augmenting my brain and replacing my body parts i could live forever you know what do you do like how do you how does how, how do you rise to prominence in a company where where the people at the top never leave i think at this point it's it brings into question Will these companies uh, be manufacturing weapons for the sake of profit or are they going to be manufacturing weapons to secure their legacy as a uh, name is, as we know with, with uh, at least Japanese culture, name is everything. Uh, I, I know a lot of Asian culture rely heavily upon uh, the idea that, you know, stuff stays within the family and the family is, is where the honor is. Um, it would not surprise me in the slightest if uh, Xing Ming Zhu is still alive and running the country or the company and is, you know, potentially stealing technology from his rivals to try and, and augment his life, to try and extend his life further. Um, the interesting thing that I, I was thinking about this uh, is that because they are kind of upsetting the norm using smart weapons, um, it would not surprise me if uh, Arasaka and Tsunami Defense Systems are actively trying to infiltrate, if not uh, just outright steal and then reverse engineer their weapons to try and uh, compete on the market for for this. So um, while they may not be the the some of the biggest contenders on the market, I would not be surprised if as a corpo starting out in arasaka one of your main tasks in 2077 is to go out and try and get some of uh the the smart guns that are being sold uh from from this company from from um yeah coming I mean, out it, it seems like a major technological leap to be able to have smart weapon technology like yeah you don't need to punch through a wall if you can just shoot around it <laughs> just avoid the wall yeah. altogether you know um, so it's it's cool i think i think it's a really interesting uh technology to have and i could see how some of these other companies if they don't have that tech would be interested in you know back engineering it backwards engineering it or just outright stealing it because that's what these companies do with each other so we um there, there is a controversy here. There's some information about that. The recent explosion of a Kangtao refinery in Hangzhou resulted in a chemical leak that killed over 50,000 people. Official accounts have cleared the company of any negligence, but many individuals still blame them for the incident. So there's some neg negative press, at least that we know, 
goes on with this this company um and i'm assuming here that recent explosion means uh as of 2077 um uh i should probably look into that let me hold on let me just pull up the source on that uh uh yep world of uh 2077 yep yep so this is as of 2077 in the world of 7070 or 2077 book um so this kind of makes me wonder you know like they're they're specifically bringing this up and i saw this earlier um the the controversy that they're bringing into question is kind of shows that there's possibly some liability that's being snuffed out uh if it's one thing companies would love to do is not be in the in bad press uh for for something like this you know this is this brings up a very human issue in in the situation so uh part of me wonders that as a result of this being in the cyberpunk 2077 it this kind of gives us a hint on how we might be interacting with the Kang Tao as we get into the game and, and try and figure out, you know, like, is there something going on with this chemical leak that maybe Arasaka wants us to dig up information on and try and dive deeper into, into yeah. what could potentially be a cover up? Yeah, it could be a thing. Um, any of these things could be uh, question side stories. I, I, I would imagine that they didn't put it in the art book in the world of 2077 book if it wasn't something that was going to play some sort of significance in uh, even a side quest in the game, right? It's going to show up somewhere. Um, So here's the thing I wanted to end with. Uh, I've got some pictures here. And again, if you're, if you're joining us on the live stream, thank you for joining us. You'll be able to see the pictures. If you want to see the pictures of this stuff and see our meat faces talk, then uh, please look up the, the link is in the show notes for the robots radio YouTube channel. But here I'm going to pull up, um, the first of the three different weapons that we know of so far based on the information that has been released. And so the first one is the, um, this is called the Kang Tao G58 uh, Diane, D-I-A-N. And this is a, um, there's not a whole lot of info around this specifically, but it looks like a smart submachine gun. Uh, kind of like an Uzi type shape with a, a clip that hangs down the front and a very short, um, uh, what is that called? A stock in the back? The thing that goes up against your shoulder? Yeah. Um, yeah. Looks really cool. So this is like a close quarters kind of smart gun that obviously if you're if you're hunting down things in a hallway, you're going to be using to shoot around corners <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, you boop, 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 and then the bullets just kind of fly around the corner and hit things. So interesting thing about that that i noticed was a lot of it looked like it was uh compact and foldable so that looks like something you could store pretty easily on on a person and have them have them be able to whip it out pretty quickly and the there wasn't an actual like sight it looked like there was actually a camera mounted on the top front of the barrel Mm -hmm. uh that kind of suggests that you know it it's one of those kind of target tracking um smart weapons that you may not necessarily have to worry about you know once you get the first shot in the the future rounds will actually track onto the target and use the camera as a way to kind of 3d map the environment that you're in and you know be able to to discern where targets are going in the general direction so really kind of interested to see how this actually plays out i have a spec sheet for it up on the screen right now and you can see uh, where it says number seven, and it, it only calls that the uh, scope lens. That's what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it it looks more like a camera than something you would put your eye up to 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 look through. 
I have a feeling this is the kind of thing you shoot from um, the shoulder without necessarily having to lean your head down. You kind of just keep it here and you know, you've got your little readout or you're attached to it in some way or or it just you just hear the boop 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 <laughs> and you know that it's like tagged some targets and then you and those bullets just track where they need to go. So pretty cool. And then we have the um this is called the Kang Tao Type 41. And I will pull this up on screen as well. This showed up. Um, the image here is from one of the um, uh, one of the videos where this showed up. And I think you if you you guys will see this and you'll you'll have memories of the video. Um, this is a obviously a weapon in 2077 that is obtainable, and um, this is considered an automatic rifle. And there are some stats here in the wiki, and I don't know exactly what all of this means, but it is given a, a stat of a 44 for accuracy, and I'm wondering if that's out of 100. Uh, damage per second, 87. Rate of fire, 15. Range, 17. PNT, I'm not sure what that stands for, 12. Recoil, 2. And spread, 1. So it seems very accurate. Like, uh, uh, the numbers for recoil and spread seem very small compared to some of these other numbers. Then again, we still don't know the ranges. Like, what is the range? Is the, you know, is the spread out of five rather than out of a hundred? Uh, who knows, right? I want to take a, a quick stab at the PNT and call that penetration. Yeah, that's probably what that is. So that's just my thought. Yeah. So, like, will it will it shoot through concrete? Probably not. The twelve penetration is probably small, but maybe it'll yeah. it'll shoot through drywall. You know, that kind of thing. Well, that was kind of the uh, the discussion around when we talked about it, uh, gosh, forever ago, when we were talking about the the weapons and they had the video, then we kind of dove into it. Uh, some of the weapons that they had talked about with the smart guns, because they're that, that caseless uh, uh, projectile that it can penetrate concrete. Mm -hmm. So it definitely makes me... Definitely makes me wonder if, uh, if if PNT will definitely re react to different elements, you know, like wood or, uh, you know, just drywall, things like that. Because we've seen, at least in the videos that they've shown us, that the walls can be, you know, you can chunk off pieces of a pillar if you're getting shot at and you can shoot through walls. So yeah. uh, if, if PNT is penetration, um, it, it would make sense that, you know, depending on how how powerful it is the higher the penetration around the more damage you could deal to a wall if someone's hiding behind there or even like or a through dog, the wall a, a, yeah through <laughs> yeah. the wall or, or a door if it's a, a reinforced and you might have to take that into account if you're going into an engagement like have they reinforced the wall to prevent certain types of rounds uh, from getting through so yeah good information yep. i'm really excited yep um so I, I don't know where that data comes from i'm pretty sure it's not from one of the original source books um, I think it's video game detail data, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't know of that being a gun in any of the source books, but then again, if you guys are more aware of this than I am, please let me know. Then the last one that we talked about, the Kang Tao L69 Zuo. This is the eight-shot uh, shotgun, uh, also seen in one of the trailers. It has the ability to lock onto eight targets at once and fire simultaneously, de dealing minimal damage to all targets or focusing all the shots on a single target, dealing massive damage. The projectiles use uh, gyrojet or uh, gyrojet, I don't know how to say it, gyrojet probably, technology with real-time <laughs> target yeah. tracking, which makes this a highly formidable weapon and a force to be reckoned with. 
uh, irrespective of whether the attackers are in groups or single tank type enemies in motion or stationary. It seems very flexible. I can imagine using something like this. Um, say you're in a, a bike chase and you've got like three or four guys chasing you on bikes, right? You hold this thing out behind yeah. you and you just, you know, blow out the wheels and take the guy off this bike and, you know, like drop all of them real quickly. One of the, the interesting things about this is they talked about like uh, legendary items in the game um, having really unique flavor to them to the point where they're even named. And uh, it, it kind of makes me wonder like how available uh, these legendary weapons are going to be. And are there any kind of limitations? Because for right now, that sounds pretty overpowered. There's a lot of things that you could do with that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of wondering, like, is there is there a limit? Is there something that is going to keep you from just finding one of those and then hanging on to it for the entire game. Yeah, or um, in some role-playing games, the uh, damage of the weapon is directly related to the level you are when you get it. So if you were to find this at level 5, does it do Damn. as much damage as it does if you're at level 30? You know, maybe maybe things scale as you find them later in the game. But then again, maybe, uh, and I think, I believe they talked about this, maybe if you know right where to go early enough in the game, you get something like this and all of a sudden you have a, a leg up. But yeah, these kinds of legendary weapons are going to be behind massive groups of enemies or massive boss characters that are really hard to take down if you're a low-level character. So... Uh, it maybe it plays more like that. Um, I have a feeling it's that's from what they said before and what I remember. I have a feeling that's probably more more of what we'll see. But you know who knows? I mean, we might see speed runs in the future of somebody who knows where to get the, one of these legendary weapons at like a level two. Uh, you know, in like one like <laughs> like like the you know picking up the cryolator uh, in Fallout Four, which is in the vault you start in by just like hacking through the wall of the container that it's in in order to pick it up. You know, by like clipping through it. Like some people do that kind of stuff, and then they end up with this you know high level weapon way earlier than they're supposed to get it, and then they use it for like the speed run or whatever. Who knows? We'll see. I'm sure yeah. we'll see all sorts of crazy stuff. People find all sorts of things. You went exactly where my mind was going with it. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about that. Like, oh yeah, if there's a legendary weapon that you, all you have to do is just go pick it up. Like that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be found and broken real quick. And we're going to see some interesting speed runs. Yep. Yep. So, um, the other thing that's interesting about this, uh, just kind of final note here is that, uh, the Kingtown company slogan translates to intelligent electronic solutions in mandarin so intelligent electronic solutions smart weapons makes sense this this is their mo this is their uh, <laughs> this is their place in the market and this is what they're designed to do and i would be willing to bet that they are guarding this and the secrets of how these weapons work with every bit of firepower they can muster so um, you know, might be interesting stuff. I have to also wonder, Logan, if we're going to see individual offices for each of these organizations in Night City, or if some of them don't have offices. Like we know, Arasaka has an office. Militech most likely has an office. Um, does King Tao have an office? I'm not 100 percent sure about that. That's a really good question, actually, because yeah, we do see a lot of a lot of companies that we're going to be dealing with, and 
they may not necessarily have to have a an office in Night City to still be representative in in oh, the yeah. lore in the world. Oh, I'm sure you know you can they can still sell their products through their vendors in a city like Night City yeah. without necessarily having a corporate office available right there. Um, it would be more interesting if they do because then maybe you end up in the office and you can hack their computers and steal some of the data and you know <laughs> guns and whatever. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the, the, the concept behind being a corpo would lend itself well to trying to infiltrate different uh, companies to try and have that corporate espionage and, and try and figure out like, you know, how can you uh, use information to maybe even get better, uh, better or uh, like higher higher ranks uh i guess promotions in this case with the the company that you're with uh just through corporate espionage by trying to tap into to conferences uh, uh that, that are going on with other companies or try and infiltrate shipment delivery information or, or you know shake down a uh you know a, a, a lowly representative of the company to give you access to their their mainframe so you can get in there and get some some uh, interesting information on the technology that they're using. So if, if they want to build up this world and, and have a varied, you know, ways of, of approaching the game from, from like each different life path, I hope that they actually spend a lot of time on the corpo route and give you this kind of fantasy where a lot of it is, you know, top top level corporate espionage, uh, you know, diving into that kind of a world, Instead mm-hmm. of just like having you start in corpo and then kick you out to the streets where you're doing the same kind of stuff that you would if is if you were a nomad or a street kid. Yeah, yeah, I expect that uh, your opportunities will change with your background and how people interact with you. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. I my my last question to wrap this up is, do you expect with smart weapons for their damage output to be less because their accuracy is more? Ooh. Is that do you think that's going to be the balance because um, either you're shooting you're either shooting something directly you're shooting through an object you're bouncing bullets off something right that was another one of the uh, things they talked about being able to certain weapons you can bounce say off the wall or off the ground in order to hit something which takes more uh, t- you know manual aiming you're going to miss more or you end up with guns like this that are smart and I would assume more accurate. You're more likely to hit, you know, a higher percentage of your shots. Does that mean that they are by default balanced for gameplay at a lower damage? I, gosh, that's a really good question because you you do have that trade-off where there's less less requirement on the person's skill mm-hmm. compared to like a, a traditional weapon. So, right. or Iwanis, or ah. is it is instead of having less damage, do certain enemies have ways of mitigating that? So, for example, if we are playing. Um, if we're playing uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which I haven't picked up yet and I absolutely need to pick up, um, but you got Same. a missile locked on you, you drop some chaff or whatever, and that's your way of dodging a missile, even though the missile tracks you, right? So, mm-hmm. are you know, is there the equivalent of flares and chaff and, you know, whatever in order to keep these bullets from 100% being able to track you? Uh, um, how does that work? Yeah. I, I actually think that's a really great, great way to mitigate it. I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking that, uh, and it's a weird thing because we haven't seen anything that would actually address this, but having some sort of um, like magnetized field around your body or, or, or Act- some sort of way armor. to. Yeah. 
So yeah, like an active sort of armor type armor. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah just to try and mitigate metal or, or projectiles that are like that. Throw off the guiding or jam jam your gun so you can't use guided ammunition. Uh, makes a lot of sense. So I would imagine balance. Yeah, I would imagine from a balance perspective that you're going to need every type of every type of weapon probably has a uh, counter armor type something that you know uh something that ricochets is the counter to that is probably mobility you keep moving faster than somebody can train something to ricochet on you um something with high penetration probably has uh, something that causes it to ricochet rather than um penetrate right um and i i would say like yeah uh, the 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 higher tech enemy that you have uh probably has better defenses against more smart weapons because that's what they're designed to run. Whereas if you were, say, like going up against uh, an animal's crew uh, in, yeah. in the streets, you probably could get away using a, a smart gun fairly easily because a lot of their augments probably aren't taking into account smart gun technology based on where they're where they're living and what they come against. So, yeah, I, I would say like a budget arms might be beneficial against a, a, a more high tech target where it's you know more about you shooting the actual weapon and it being like a you know a, t- a traditional gun as opposed to relying on mm-hmm. guided artillery uh really right. interesting thought i would imagine that actually. the uh the um speed of the projectile is faster in traditional weapons than it is in a guided weapon hmm like if, if, you're, if you're looking for like penetration power then something that you know something even a traditional gun that can shoot you know very straight you know high penetration rounds um are going to fly faster something that's guided needs to process its movement so it probably flies slower which means it has less penetration ability so something that is highly armored might take less damage from something that's a smart weapon as opposed to something that's a traditional weapon or a penetration weapon God, that's a really good question because I, I I think about like a combustion versus like a, a magnetic railgun, and I think like you know mm-hmm. you you could amp the power for a railgun up to whatever the gu- whatever the actual gun uh, can can handle, whereas a, a combustion uh, type or you know like gunpowder and stuff that's that's only going to be able to to do so. I don't know, man. That's a yeah. That's I can't a imagine like question. a railgun being a smart. Like it would probably be moving so fast it couldn't actually turn, right? At some point, yeah, it, you, you have too much momentum to actually track so, and move. So something has to move more slowly in order to. That that's a good question. So what, in, in our in our situation, we're dealing with weapons. I'm I'm going back to the list of weapons that we had uh, when when we got the the second uh, Night City wire, and there was a difference between um, power weapons. Mm-hmm. which had uh, ricochet bullets, smart weapons that track targets and tech weapons that punch through cover. So right. maybe we're talking, maybe, uh, and maybe it's just my mind, but I, I feel like I'm conflating the different types of, of weapons uh, and just kind of mushing like all of them into what I consider, you know, tech weapons. But I think you're right. I think that there's probably a trade-off with the smart weapons they track targets so they're probably going to have less impact as opposed to a power weapon which tsunami does make a pistol uh probably just has more power but it's able to ricochet off of uh Mm -hmm. the 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 type of uh material that it's hitting versus uh like a a a quasar pistol which can punch through a door or punch through a wall right which probably has Um, the highest velocity in order to yeah 
um, you Which know, just makes go from one place to another and just burrow through or just blast through whatever it hits. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that would be my expectation, or at least mm. heavily armored things would take less damage from uh, smart weapons because of the slower impact speed of the bullets. Um, because the the amount of like I mean, you just look at the math of it, and the physics of it is is there's the uh, the mass of the projectile, and then there's the speed at which it is, uh, what is it, the velocity or something like that of of how fast it's traveling, equals the amount of energy at, on the impact, right? So, like for example, yeah. if you had a a meteor heading towards the Earth and it was only the size of like I don't know an office building, but it was moving eighty percent the speed of light the thing could blow up the earth right because it has yeah. so much velocity that that's that's where all the power comes from whereas if you had something a mile long but it was only moving you know a few miles an hour it would just crash into the surface and it wouldn't blow up the earth um so it it depends anyway that's really interesting take that's uh that's some thoughts on that um yeah interested to see more about these i'm sure there's more than just these three weapons but that's what we have um you know hints at so far i'm interested to see some of the other creativity that they come to some of these weapons with i'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there that we're gonna come across in game and be like oh my god this is a thing this is amazing so i'd love to hear your thoughts on this stuff guys uh, feel free to reach out to us on twitter and on the discord um you know all the links are in the show notes you're welcome to reach out to us and we'd love to hear from you logan do you have anything going on you want to close this up with uh nope as always thanks to everyone that jumps over and listens to the keelhauled podcast uh sea thieves still going strong still having a good time um just dogs. looking forward to cats and dogs and dancing dogs and dogs doing things to, to <laughs> things that we don't want them to do because it makes a mess and it smells funny all kinds of fun that's stuff, in game uh, going they do on that in the game uh yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> yep this is the real pet experience uh, yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah as always thanks everyone that's that's coming out if you guys want to get a hold of me as always please join the discord uh over at robots radio make sure that you guys are having the conversation in the discord about what you're excited about for cyberpunk uh if you want to get a hold of me as always at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n on twitter is the best way to do that and uh i i would really love to know if if some of the people are excited for the uh the vehicles that are coming up in the night city wire yes yeah let's be chatting about that for sure um guys thank you for tuning in uh you can reach me of course robotsradio.net for all the shows on on the robots radio network i do any of the lore cast shows on the network so whether you're into fallout or elder scrolls or dungeons and dragons a lot of people who play tabletop cyberpunk also are into dungeons and dragons go check out that show we've we've got all sorts of cool lore i also every episode of that am adding in a custom made magic item for you guys so we've got I don't know, 30, I don't know how many I've designed at this point. A ton, a ton of content in there for you guys to check out. Um, and all of these shows are live on this channel, twitch.tv slash robotsradio throughout the week. Mondays are the Fallout Lorecast. Um, Tuesdays, and this is a big announcement I just put out there, we are doing the Starfield Lorecast, episode one. Starfield is the new game that Bethesda's working on that should, I'm guessing, be released next year. We don't know for sure. This 
show is going to be ridiculous. It's going to start a lot like I did this show with some early episodes and just some details, but we have even less information about it because at least with the cyberpunk lore cast, I was able to start with information from the original source books. There's no information about cyber, about uh, Starfield, really. There's some screenshots and stuff, so we are going to have some extreme and ridiculous speculation to start out with. The show will, might, might just be monthly or so until we can start getting more information, but then that it'll continue to build up. Uh, Wednesdays are the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. Thursday nights are the Elder Scrolls lore cast. And of course, this show is usually on Saturday nights. And after any of the regular shows, I'm happy to hang out, have some office hours and help you guys with any questions about starting your own podcast, doing videos on YouTube, streaming, marketing your shows, any of that kind of stuff. So I, I call that office hours. And Logan, you're welcome to hang out a little bit after the show, see if anybody has any questions and we'll be around for that. All right, guys. We will see you next week. And until next time, stay safe in Night City. And, you know, I mean, heck, if you get some uh, cool uh, smart weapons, then, I don't know, be safe. (laughs) Hide behind a corner and shoot people without having to stick your head out. Sounds pretty good to me. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? 
this dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.